0: Mary Aguiar has a long history of volunteering in her community of West Palm Beach, Florida. She served on boards and committees, and since 2013, she's been the Director of Finance and Administration for Families First of Palm Beach County, whose mission is to provide outstanding programs and services for families so children can grow up in safe and loving homes that lead to stronger families and communities. But has another job, too. For the past 11 years, she's been caring for her mother, who lives with Mary. Mary Aguiar, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Great to have you on the show. So to set the stage for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about your background and where you grew up?
1: I'm originally a native of Cuba. Mm-hmm. We immigrated to the U.S. Uh, when I was almost 10 years old. And I have a brother and a sister, and a half brother. And we started out in Puerto Rico when we first came in and kind of traveled around a couple of states then in the U.S. and finally settled in South Florida and West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. And is your father still living? No, he's not. My dad passed away about 30 years ago.
0: Sorry to hear that. That's a long time to be without your dad. Wow. Yes, it is. He was
1: very young when he passed away in a car accident. Uh, Do your siblings live nearby? Yes, they do. They both live in West Palm Beach. My half brother actually lives in Tampa.
0: Okay. And the other two, who are full siblings, uh, live nearby? Yes. Okay. And where are you in in that birth order?
1: I'm actually the eldest.
0: The eldest? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And tell me about your mom and when she moved in with you and why.
1: Probably when she was in her 50s. She was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease Mm -hmm. and she was diagnosed right away. So she was put in various medications, some of them that were fairly new to the market and supposedly they were supposed to extend, and actually they they actually did extend her disease from just progressing rapidly. And she lived on her own Mm -hmm. back then and she actually was able to live on her own until 2005 when she moved with me. But it got to the point where all of a sudden she was starting to have hallucinations and she wasn't doing well and she wasn't sleeping well. So we decided that it was time for her to move in with one of the children.
0: And was there a discussion in your family about who she would move in with? And how did that go?
1: Well, for years, my sister had said that whenever it was time for mom to move with someone, Mom would always move in with her. And this was something that was always said, Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as I can remember. But actually, that's not how it turned out. (laughs) Um, My husband and I were in Europe on vacation, and when I got back, I think like the day after we got back, after a two-week vacation, my sister called me and said, I sold mom's condo, and she needs to move in with you next week. (gasps) Wow.
0: While you were gone, she sold your mother's condo?
1: Yeah, but actually it was my sister's condo and my mother just lived there. Okay. So she says, I don't think mom can live on her own anymore. I think it's time for her to go somewhere. And so I've put the condo up for sale and it sold right away. So you have a week to move mom into your house.
0: Did you have any idea that that was coming down the pike?
1: No. (laughs) It was a complete shell shock. (laughs) You know, I was upset at the way it was done, but I wasn't upset that it was my mom moving in because Uh I would have liked a little bit more time to prepare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, what happened to the idea of your mom moving in with your sister?
1: My sister has a child that has developmental problems Mm -hmm. and he's very hard to take care of. So I completely understand that there's no way that she could have taken two people with problems to take care of. Mm -hmm. She's got her hands full with her son.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so really in the back of my mind I always knew that mm-hmm. I that my mom would eventually move in with me but I didn't expect it to happen so fast and rapidly and and hit me like that all of a sudden wow do you have kids I do okay. I have two grown sons okay and I have grandkids
0: and when your mom moved in with you how old were your kids They were already grown. Okay. So it was just you and your husband and your mom moved in. And what sort of a house do you have? Is it a good setup for her?
1: Yeah, I have. I mean, it definitely was not prepared for handicapped Mm -hmm. kind of person. But, but yeah, I have a three-bedroom, two-bath. So she has her own bath, and, and I have my own. So... The house works fine. Is it all on it was, one level? It's all on one level. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that w- the house itself wasn't a problem. The, her room was not ready for her, of course. Uh-huh. So we had to figure out how to take a whole condo of all her stuff. <laughs> And basically just bring in the stuff that would be good for her bedroom because I had everything else Mm -hmm. And I definitely didn't want my mom's things. (laughs) So it was just enough to make her feel comfortable in her room so that it kind of looked like her room at home at her place So there was a lot of that and a lot of where do we take this who wants this who do we give it to What do we do with all these rooms full of stuff Mm -hmm. and can they come and pick them up in time because I had a week And how did your mom react to all this? She was upset at first that we were moving her out from her place. Mm -hmm. But at that time, she was so confused, and she definitely was not herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was very, very confused. A lot of hallucinations, a lot of anger and ugly things that she was saying, and she totally was not herself. Mm -hmm. It was like another person.
0: Was she on medication?
1: She was on medication. She was on Parkinson's medication.
0: Okay. Did it help with the hallucinations?
1: It helped with uh, motor skills and for her to get around. Mm -hmm. Because at the time she moved in with me, she was she could still get around and and she was fine except for these hallucinations and nightmares and things like that. She she could still function. Sure. All right. Pretty well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she could Mm -hmm. still get up by herself. She could still go and use the facilities by herself, that kind of thing. But her mind wasn't there. Things weren't right. So was
0: any of the medication that she was taking addressing that specific issue?
1: No, not at the time. Not
0: at the time, okay. And how old was she then?
1: She was 71 Uh at the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Not driving or driving?
1: No, she was not driving. Actually, my mother never drove.
0: Okay. Well, that's kind of a blessing, huh? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So she was 71 at the time, and like I said, it was just like her mind wasn't well. So we did bring her to a few specialists, and then one of them recommended a psychiatrist, and we took her to a psychiatrist who then put her on some additional medication, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then one of them basically... She slept all the time. Uh One of the medications they gave her, I mean, she slept constantly. She looked like she was numb. So even though it helped with the hallucinations, she was like comatose.
0: Oh, poor thing.
1: So she couldn't get up. She was just comatose. She didn't know what was going on around her. Uh She was basically asleep all day.
0: Yeah.
1: So we didn't think that was good either. No. No. So then I had a cousin that actually immigrated from Cuba at that time, probably like about a year after I had her at home. And by the way, let me tell you that the first three months before we went to a psychiatrist, I probably slept 20 hours in three months. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because she would not sleep. She was up all night long. She didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. No one slept. I think my husband would stay up like, one night with her, like every two weeks, so that I could get a full night's sleep.
0: Oh, my gosh. Were you still working?
1: Yeah. It was How did you do that? It was horrible. I don't even want to remember those days. And I would be called at work, like, every day. Three and four times at work. Oh, my gosh. And I was close by, so I worked only a mile from the house. Uh Uh-huh. And the lady that was taking care of her at home would call me. This is going on. You need to come over here. So I would leave and come home. <laughs> I mean, she was not herself. She'd go after the lady with knives and try to beat her with umbrellas. And
0: How many home health care aides did she go through? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she actually, <laughs> we actually went through probably three. Two were like really in and out. Uh-huh. And then the third one that came in was like a friend of the family. So uh-huh. she kind of understood. So mm-hmm. thankfully, she stayed around because she knew what the problems were. But probably for three to four months, it was like nightmare.
0: Were you doing anything for yourself? How did you take care of yourself, if at all?
1: Uh, no.
0: No. Mm. So,
1: and yeah. I pretty much had her full-time at that time. I, I just said I had her, like, full-time all the time.
0: Uh-huh. Because the aides weren't there 24-7.
1: Right. Right. So And actually, they were only there till 5. Uh-huh. So I had to either, my husband or I had to rush home, be home by 5. He usually ended up coming home earlier than I did, and until I got home like at 6 or 7 o'clock at night, he would kind of watch watch her. Mm-hmm. My husband is a saint, i got to tell you. Oh, that's <laughs> if great. it were for him, I don't know what I would have done.
0: How but did your employer react to
1: your going back and forth was, a lot? Well, actually, she was really, really good about it. She completely understood And at that time, she was going through some things with her mom as well. Mm -hmm. So she knew. Hmm. She completely knew what was going on. And she was very good about it. Hmm. So I I didn't have a problem with my employer at all.
0: That's good. And so that went on, that craziness went on for like three or four months.
1: And 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 what changed to improve the situation? Well, first, the pills with the comatose. That improved the health issue because I was able to sleep, and she was able to sleep most of the night because... Again, she was drugged. And then I had this cousin that I was mentioning that came from Cuba. And I had an uncle, his father in Cuba, that had Parkinson's as well. And he was at the house one day. and
0: The cousin? Yes. Okay. And he said
1: to me, you know, everything that you've explained to me that happened and the way she was acting happened to my dad. He says, so what we did is we took him off all the medicines, uh-huh. including the Parkinson's medicine, huh. because we found out that it was actually the Parkinson's medicine what was giving him the hallucinations and was making him so aggressive. Wow. He says, so we would take him off and wing him out of the medications for about you know, a few months and then we would start him again for a few months. And then when he started acting out, we'd take him out again and Mm -hmm. and like that. He says, and that helped a lot. You should try doing that. What have you got to lose right now? She's just comatose. She doesn't even speak. And I said, well, you know he's got experience. He's done it before. So, what's the worst that can happen? I called the doctor, and he says, "Well, the worst that can happen is that she'll become very rigid and won't be able to walk as well, and she'll probably need more help getting around."
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I said, "Well, really, that's a lot better than anything else so far." So we took her off the medication, and like a month and a half later, it was like a new person. Wow my mom was there there were no problems with the hallucinations she was back to pretty much normal except that she couldn't get around as well
0: but mary what if your cousin hadn't come to town i mean that's just crazy that
1: the doctors didn't suggest that course of action no nope. and and really truly i don't know what we would have done i really don't know what we would have done i finally got my brother to take her one weekend and My sister thought I was crying wolf, and I got my my brother to take her for one weekend, and he came back home, and he says, how are you living like this? Uh Are you out of your mind? She was like a completely out-of-control person. I had no idea. (laughs) It it was really, really hard. My brother called my sister because my sister kind of kept on saying, there's nothing. You're making a big deal, My brother called my sister and let her have it. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe. You need to take mom. Before you say anything else, you need to take mom for a weekend and see what that's like. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. <laughs> and did she?
1: Yeah, then we had this big family meeting and we figured out that we needed to do something so that I can have some weekends off. So then we worked it out so that everybody took a weekend.
0: And your mom just rotated?
1: Mm-hmm. So somebody would pick her up on Friday and then they would drop her off on Sundays, one weekend a month.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: And at first it was great because it gave me like two weekends. And back then, I still didn't have help in the evenings at 5 o'clock. That was it. The lady would leave. And then when my mom was being so out of control, my sister and I actually looked for places that maybe we could take her. Because You mean, of, you
0: mean like an assisted living facility? Right, like I an see. assisted
1: living place. And we didn't like anything we went to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, we walked in through the door and walked around and, and came out going, there's no way. There's no way.
0: What was it that you didn't like?
1: We just didn't like the hospital look of things. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like being at home because she needed so much help getting around, getting to the restroom and giving her baths and all that stuff. We just couldn't imagine leaving her for somebody else like that. So then a friend of mine says, you know, there is a lady that has a facility and it's a private home. She has like four bedrooms. She only takes five to six people at a time. They're all Hispanic ladies, so she would have her own language, and you should go and talk to her. So my sister and I decided to meet and just show up and knock at the door because we wanted to surprise, see what the place was like. So we went in, and we knocked at the door, and the place was spotless. Everybody was happy. We sat down and talked to some of the ladies. The woman that owned the place took us around, showed us the whole place, and we're like... Wow, this is fantastic. So we sat down for a long time, and she says, and I said, so how does this work? And then she started telling me, well, you know, if you talk to this agency, they'll do this for you. If you talk to this agency, they'll do this for you. And we're going, wait a minute, they do that, and they do that, and they do that? <laughs> we had no clue that there were all these agencies out there that could help.
0: But what about her facility? Was she a registered nurse or?
1: She owned the actual home, uh-huh. but it, she had registered nurses working for her. Uh-huh. And then a full-time like cook and housekeeper that did breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the ladies. The nurse actually administered all the medications and she actually had a drugstore that would deliver them. So it was a beautiful place. We loved it. So she gave us the information and the numbers to call for all these places that could actually give us help. Including one of them being somebody else to come over in the evening and give me rested help. Mm-hmm. So was she
0: discouraging you from moving into her place?
1: Well, not at all. What she said is that mostly the ladies that she had could still get around on their own. Uh huh. So she did not have anybody in place that could do the things that I needed to do for my mom. What she did tell me was, I have a couple of open places now. What I could do for you until you decide whether or not you want to do assisted living full time she says I could take one or two weekends a month and bring her here for the weekends so for a while we would do that we would do like one weekend I would have her one weekend she'd go there one weekend my sister would have her then one weekend would go there and it gave me more of a break
0: <laughs> your mom was on quite the circuit there <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, she <was. laughs> yes she was did she mind being in a different place every
0: weekend Actually,
1: not really. She really liked the place there. She mm-hmm. really liked the other ladies and mm-hmm. to talk to the other ladies. Yeah, it's great to socialize, too. Right. Yeah. And the same thing. And the other ones was my sister's house and my brother's house, which basically she was used to because when she had her own home, that's what she would do all week long. Mm-hmm. She would come and spend you know, one day with us and one day in my brothers and one day in my sister. So she rotated all the time anyway.
0: Right. I see. Okay.
1: So the lady finally ended up having a full-time person and she says, I'm sorry, I can't do this for you on the weekends anymore. But all the numbers that she had given us worked out great because we were able to call all these agencies and they finally were able to get my mom into this program and send somebody over that for respite care and I was able to get like a a couple of days a week respite care and then one hour a day for like bathing time so I didn't have to get home and have to bathe her so Uh late in the afternoon but Mm -hmm. somebody would come in every day and do it Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. it started taking a big load off of me a little at a time and then. What was the program
0: then, that you got her into, if there was a specific it's program?
1: A, it's Elder Affairs for Palm Beach County, and it's a national program, but there's like subsidiaries in, in different counties. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to the monies that they get from the national, they also have local dollars that can increase the benefits. Okay. And it took a long time for her to be part of the program because they weren't taking new patients. So you would have to wait until a space was open so a new patient could come in.
0: And how long did she have to wait for that?
1: Probably almost a year. Oh,
0: that's a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: for her to come into it. Mm -hmm. But once she did, it was fantastic. I mean, I I was able to get, like I said, a couple days a week. They also started giving her access to a couple of days a week at a daycare. So, adult daycare? Uh-huh. Adult daycare. So mm-hmm. it was great because now she was got out of the house and she was able to talk to people and see some people. And, and I would have the lady that came in during the day, she would come in in the morning and get her dress and get her breakfast and take her to daycare and then pick her up and bring her back home. And then the respite person would come in in the afternoon a couple of days a week.
0: What an orchestra.
1: So, <laughs> I know. it's In the last 11 years, I had more people coming in and out of my house. I keep on telling my husband that half of West Palm Beach has my garage code or a key to my house
0: (laughs) probably do (laughs) you might think about getting your locks
1: changed (laughs) why all I would do is hand it out to some other new person oh my gosh once they rotate it oh my gosh so how did you manage
0: all this financially it sounds like some things were subsidized was that a hardship for you
1: it was at the beginning because now you're having to pay somebody else to come in during the day and it was something that you have to add to your budget that you weren't counting on before. Mm-hmm. And now you have an additional person living at home, so now it's not only the caretaker that you have to pay and if you have to work late one night, you have to pay them extra mm-hmm. because it's kind of like kids' daycare, you know, right. they leave at five and if it's extra hours, you got to pay extra kind of thing, so that adds up. now. My siblings help with that. I don't take the full burden. We actually split it evenly. It doesn't always come in regularly and on time Uh uh from all the siblings, Uh but I really don't deal with the money part. My sister takes care of that. I have enough with my mom. I don't do paperwork. So my sister takes full control of that. She does all the paperwork. She fills out any applications that need to fill out annually, any paperwork for the daycare. She takes care of all the paperwork. It's tremendously helpful because mm. I just don't have time.
0: Yeah, but in the yeah. beginning you were kind of figuring it all out yeah. and you had to rely on your own financial resources because it sounds like your mom didn't have resources. Is that correct?
1: My mother has a very, very small Social Security check. It probably is enough to pay the person that takes care of her during the day for a week. Mm-hmm. A right. month It's probably it. The rest of it is up to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's part of your culture, too, to bring her in, I know. Because, oh, absolutely. And she's lucky. I mean I, don't mean, I don't mean it in a bad way. But I
1: understand. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, you know, there's a lot of older folks that just don't have anyone to turn to. So talk about your culture and the role that that played.
1: Well, when I was growing up, basically my aunts and uncles and my mom and dad and us kids, we lived with our grandparents at home. So my grandparents were always in the house. Part of the year we lived with my mom's parents and part of the year we lived with my father's parents during the summer. So it was just the way it was. So grandparents were always there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So older adults were always in the house.
0: That's cool.
1: So I never saw it any other way. Yeah. That's why it, it bothered me so much when we were even looking Not that we looked all that much, to tell you the
0: truth. Uh You were probably so turned off, you just thought, yeah, they're all like this, no thanks.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And and that's kind of what happened. But it's something that we always said we would do. If we were able to do it, we would definitely do it. And my mom expected it.
0: She expected it.
1: She totally expected it. My grandmother, when she immigrated here, she lived with one of her daughters at all times. And when my grandmother was very ill in the last few months of her life, she stayed with one daughter, but all the daughters participated in taking care of her. Mm -hmm. Now, my grandmother had 12 kids, so no one was really burdened with a long time Mm -hmm. because there were enough to rotate that's not the case you know with us I uh-huh. mean, there's only three of us
0: right well and that's a big issue in terms of long-term care for mm-hmm. baby boomers we're having right. fewer kids and so who's going to take care of us right so your mom's been with you for 11 years mm-hmm. and things have evened out and she's on a good
1: schedule now She's in a great schedule now, and I have a really good, good person taking care of her. Mm-hmm. I have a very... Just one uh, now. Yes. <laughs> I, I have down. one because um, what I did was this one person that came in back when I really liked in the afternoon that was one of the respite care workers, mm-hmm. and I actually talked to her and I said, would you be interested in staying all day and just doing it full-time for us? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So I was lucky enough to have her with my mom for about seven years. But she was an older lady as well, and she got very ill and mm-hmm. passed away. Aww. And so I had to find somebody new. Mm-hmm. And again, it started all over again, and I had to go through like three or four people before I found somebody that I really, really care for and that loves, just loves my mom, mm-hmm. this really young lady.
0: And your mom had to... Sign off on her too, I guess. Huh? Right,
1: and my mom just loves her; treats her like her granddaughter. Oh, she that's She just so loves sweet. her to death. That's great. So, so she's been there for almost two years now, and she's like my kid. Mm-hmm. I call her my daughter because she's she's young; she's in her twenties, and mm-hmm. she's so so good to her. So,
0: how many hours does she stay with your mom? What's A lot. the schedule? <laughs> I see. Okay, is she overnight? See, uh no. Okay, no.
1: she comes in usually between eight thirty and nine in the morning. Uh huh. And three days a week, she stays with her until nine o'clock at night.
0: Oh, okay, that's great.
1: Yeah, and then two days a week, she takes her to daycare and picks her up in the afternoon, and then stays with her from like five to nine.
0: Mm-hmm. What about on the weekends? Oh, you're still on the rotation for the weekends with mom. We're still on rotation for the okay. weekend. <laughs>
1: on Friday, she leaves. On Friday, she's only there till five, so she leaves at five or six. Uh-huh. And then and then we're on rotations on the weekend. Uh-huh. Do you have like a big wall calendar where you keep tra- track of all uh, this? Yeah, yes, the, cal- the calendar is my responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so we do keep an electronic calendar, and at the beginning of each year, I send the electronic calendar all through January of the following year. Oh my god! And it's everybody's responsibility if they have something going on the weekend that they have. Mom is to contact me so that I can figure out. can switch Mm -hmm. for the month (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: and does everyone comply with that
1: everyone is actually pretty good at it usually i'm the one that ends up switching oh (laughs) to accommodate everybody and my aunt used to be one of the ones in the rotation so that we each had a week and a month and my aunt since has actually moved in with her daughter.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> so that? now
1: can't be part of the rotation. Mm-hmm. So, this young lady that takes care of her during the week actually rotates one of the weekends as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I know it's, it's kind of sounds like, I don't know, and. On-off, on-off switch, but it works. It's actually working.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. And you've been doing that now, well, for several years. Yeah. So how old is your mom really now, 82, 83? She's 82. And how is her health?
1: She has some dementia, and she actually now can't even stand up by herself. Oh. She needs help, like, for everything. Mm-hmm. But she'll still take small steps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, other than that, I mean, she eats really well. Is she so. on medication? Nothing wow. vitamins That's wow. it. when we were on and off on and off, it got to the point where the off didn't work anymore <laughs> it didn't matter right off the bat. you know she started again, so we hmm. decided just to do away with medications altogether so um, how about that so she does little exercises like we have pedal. You know, that she sits in her recliner and she pedals. And it actually helps a lot with her coordination when she does that.
0: How does that work? She sits in a recliner and what does she pedal on?
1: We bought the stationary pedals that you put like in front of her and Uh she just pedals like a bicycle. It's like these pedals. What a great idea. Yeah, I read somewhere, and I think it was through the Michael Fox Foundation, Uh that they found out that... Some Parkinson patients, even though they could hardly walk with the tremors, they could ride a bicycle with no problem at all. And that they found out that if they pedaled a certain amount of, you know, minutes per so many minutes that they pedal, it actually helped with their coordinations and their motor skills. So I said, you know, what the heck? Can't hurt, right? So I ordered a couple petals, and she petals every morning. And, you know, since I did that, she actually is able to feed herself at breakfast.
0: Okay, let's let the listeners know where you got these petals. Can you describe those? Because somebody might be really interested in doing Um, that in their home. I
1: actually bought them from Amazon. Mm -hmm. I just went in and Googled. Stationary pedals, and who mm. knew there's like hundreds of them out there. So, what are they <laughs> anywhere mounted from on? like thirty dollars? They have a base and then the two pedals come out and some of them have electronics and even keep how fast you're pedaling and stuff for you. So she pedals a couple times a day. She pedals when she first gets up in the morning so she can feed breakfast herself. And mm-hmm. then she pedals again in the afternoon. Is she yeah.
0: self-disciplined? My mom has a hard time with self-discipline.
1: That's what the girl is there oh, for. Sure, she, of course. She makes sure she does it. She's just <laughs> right. there and, and if she starts slowing down, she'll say, no, 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 no. You got to keep going. Uh-huh. You still have two more minutes. She's or cracking that minutes. whip. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> good
0: so it sounds like you're in a pretty good place now with your mom.
1: Yes, I am. There's still the regular things like if you want to see a show in the middle of the week, or if you want to do dinner in the middle of the week, or that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you have to incorporate the price of mom care, you know, when right. that's going on. Uh-huh. So financially, it's different. Mm-hmm. Because whereas before I had no problem saying, this Broadway show is coming this week, and um, and the ballet is coming next week, and I'll get tickets for this and tickets for that. But now you got to add another fifty dollars or so to the ticket price right. because you know you have the mom sitting, and certain things like you, you know, if you're at a uh, a function and you have to hurry home because you got to be home by nine o'clock Monday through Thursday, and that's. Kind of like the most difficult thing because with work, because what you said, I volunteer a lot, mm-hmm. so I'm um, out in the community a lot, and I'm I'm out at a lot of events and a lot of meetings and things like this that take place after work. Mm-hmm. So I'm always having to be cautious of the time so that I know that I have to be home by nine.
0: Mm-hmm. Is your husband able to come cover for you every now and yeah. then? Yeah, that's He good. covers for me all the time. That's great.
1: <laughs> he covers
0: for me. Continuously. <laughs> uh-huh. What a great guy.
1: Yeah, he is. He's uh-huh. very, very good at it. He's really, really good.
0: How, how do you think this has changed your views on getting older?
1: The one thing I will say is I have my mom because it's what's expected, and I knew I was going to do that, just like I know that it's probably going to happen with my in-laws. But I do not want to put my kids through what I went through. Hmm. So I am doing everything I can. To make sure that my husband and I have the long-term care without having to burden them. I won't do that. So hopefully we'll have it all in place so that they don't have to go through what I went through.
0: Uh huh. Since we're in a presidential season, I always ask people, what would you say to the candidates about what needs to change regarding long-term care, support, and services?
1: I think that definitely along with Social Security, it needs to really be looked at because... The baby boomer generation, I can't imagine. Now we're all living longer. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when all of us that were born in the 50s and 60s and that are growing older together just hit that point in time when we're all wanting these social services that we're not going to get. I mean, we keep on hearing the nightmares about Social Security that may not be around. So on top of not getting the services, if Social Security, you know, it's not there for you as well, what are we all going to do? Mm -hmm. I I just don't know. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to find other sources of revenue other than my Social Security when I retire because I know that I'm going to need it. But there's people that can't do that. Yeah. You know, I I make a good living. Not everybody does.
0: It's really scary.
1: It's very, scary. We've got to figure this out. And I'm constantly harping on my kids you can't just do it on social security you're in your 30s you got to think about this now when everybody's young, everybody thinks that they have their lifetime ahead of them but let me tell you 50s come around really fast (laughs) mine just all of a sudden it's here and i wasn't expecting it (laughs) (laughs) damn (laughs) what happened yeah exactly so what do your
0: kids say about it what's their (laughs) response
1: One of them sort of gets it. The Um, other one, not so much. Of course, the married one with kids gets it. The single one, not so much. Not so
0: much. So what do you think you didn't anticipate in terms of caring for your mom that just really threw you?
1: My siblings are probably going to kill me for this, but I expected more support. My sister's great with the paperwork and that, and that takes tons of work off of me. And I know she's got her own problems at home with her child, so that's hard on her. But my brother especially, I really thought that he would be a lot more helpful. I really did. It's hard. It's, it's you know, no one understands how hard it is and how you have to, your schedule isn't yours anymore. You've got to figure out when you can go on vacation. you got to figure out if you've got to stay out one night. you got to figure out. I mean, you don't know what I go through to have a weekend away from home, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy just to be able to have a weekend away from home. And and now I'm wondering if this responsibility was my siblings, would my mom be in a facility right now?
0: Well, your I, sister did that end run around you by selling mm-hmm. the house, uh, the condo. Yeah. And it was hers, so I guess, yeah. you know. You could argue that it was hers right. to sell, but still, that yeah. was pretty underhanded, if I do say yeah. so. Yeah, But well, and your brother got it eventually. Yeah. But took some time. It sounds like.
1: Well, he did get how tough it was at the beginning. He definitely.
0: Oh, got he did. How bad okay. it was. Uh huh.
1: But now he's he's very lapsed. I mean, he's you know it's fine. It's this weekend, and for those three weeks, it's nothing.
0: <laughs> you don't hear from him. Mm-hmm. Not really. Right? Is that a cultural thing too? Not at all. No, because your husband is. Hands-on. Right,
1: right. Not at all. But my brother, he's not like us. I mean, we grew up, I mean, I came when I was 10. He was probably four when he got here. So he really doesn't remember how things were when I was a kid, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of difference, mm-hmm. too, I would think. You probably have but, really
0: clear memories of Cuba,
1: eh? Oh, absolutely. I could probably draw you a map and tell you what the whole town looked like. Wow. It's yeah. Were you, you in Havana? Less. Province, yes. Okay. But we actually lived way in the outskirts. It was just a little, little farm town.
0: So you came over um, in 69?
1: 70. In 70? 70. Jan- oh. January 1970, actually.
0: Okay. Have you been back? No. Do you care to go back?
1: Uh, I would love to. And I've actually talked about going more than once, and I've actually had plans, and And my husband even, my husband has to have a Cuban passport in order to travel. And we've had it ready, and then we've canceled. (laughs) And we've done that, like, a couple times.
0: Why did you cancel?
1: I don't rightly know. Hmm. It's just this thing at the last minute. We said, you know, let's just go someplace else. And I don't know if it's because I'm afraid to see what it all looks like, you know, You look at things so completely different when you're a child as when you're an adult, Mm -hmm. and I'm almost afraid to see what it's all going to look like Mm -hmm. and that it's it's so different from what I imagine. But I'll make it there. Wow, that would be a really
0: sentimental journey for you. I think so. Yeah.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to add
0: before we take off?
1: No, the only thing that (laughs) I would say is... If you haven't seen or call your parents in a long time and they're elderly, call them and just pay attention. You know what? They really don't care what you say. They just want to hear your voice and they just, you say hello once in a while. That's
0: it. Mary Aguiar, she is the Director of Finance and Administration for Families First of Palm Beach County, and she's a dynamo caregiver for her mom who lives with her. Mary, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate your time. Take thank care. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bye-bye. Bye. And that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. You can email me at janna at agewise.com. That's A-G-E-W-Y-Z or Z as my Canadian mother says. You can also find me online at agewise.com and listen to this podcast and lots of other fresh ones on the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, the 24-7 streaming and on-demand radio network that's always on for you. I'm Jana Panaritis. See you next time. Until then... Age well, age wise.